Hello there, and welcome to episode number 268 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. I'm Sarah Wendell, and with me today is Amanda, and both of us are from Smart Bitches Trashy Books, and both of us have recommendations. It's time for part two of Rec Rec Time, as I'm calling it, recommendation requests. I asked the Patreon supporters what types of books they're looking for more of and what they'd like to read next. And we got some really interesting requests. And here are another set of awesome book recommendations. Seriously, if last week's was expensive, I apologize in advance for this one. This week, we are talking about sexually inexperienced characters, pseudo-virginity, the presence of nuts in baked goods, and we are divided on this very important topic. And Amanda is incorrect. Romances with food porn, big families, trains, science fiction, and fantasy with excellent world building. Plus, you get to hear the very strange way in which my brain works when I'm trying to remember something. It's so embarrassing, and I just left the whole thing in there, so I hope you enjoy it as much as, well, Amanda did laughing at me. This is a multi-part conversation. Last week, we talked about a whole bunch of historical recommendations, so if you like historical romance, don't miss that episode. And if you would like to make a suggestion for one of the people who requested recommendations, or you would like to request some recommendations for yourself, please do. You can email us at sbjpodcast at gmail.com. You can call and leave us a voicemail at 1201-371-3272. That's 1201-371-3272. Or if you're like running or washing something or dying wool, hello again, or, you know, walking the dog or exercising, or you're on the treadmill and writing a number down, is not going to happen. And you're like me and you don't remember phone numbers, just record a voice memo and then email it to me. You will sound awesome. Please don't be scared. I promise you'll sound great. But if you would like a recommendation or you'd like to recommend a book to one of the people who asked for a recommendation, well, I really love hearing from you because you're all really awesome and smart and brilliant and have excellent taste. Have I mentioned excellent. You can find all of the books we talk about, all of them, all, all of them at smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast. And you can find us on iTunes. We have our own iTunes page at itunes.com slash DBSA. This podcast is brought to you by Organization Academy. Organization Academy is the home of my online courses about using Google Calendar to declutter your schedule and organize your life. I did a series on Smart Bitches earlier last year about how I use Google Calendar to automate pretty much every aspect of my life, my home, my kids, my family, my business, my other business, freelance writing, podcasting, meal planning, pet care, home care, all of that. It's all in Google Calendar. It's highly automated and it saves me a bunch of stress and a bunch of time. Over the past year, I have developed a step-by-step instructional program outlining the method I use for meal planning. And I'm about to launch my first online course, Meal Planning Mastery. I am so excited. I can't tell you. I've been developing this for a year and I am so excited to finally launch it. It is all about saving time and energy and money by harnessing Google Calendar to help manage your meal planning. Super simple. If you feel overwhelmed sometimes by the question, what's for dinner when you don't know the answer, this course is for you. If you would like more information, you can sign up for my weekly newsletter at organizationacademy.com. You'll receive weekly tips on using Google Calendar to organize your whole world every Friday, and you'll be the first to know when the course opens for registration. You can find out more at organizationacademy.com. Each and every week, we get a transcript for each and every episode, and I would like to thank Garlic Knitter for all of her hard work because transcripts with a bunch of book titles where she confirms the title and then the author name and often corrects my spelling or the name if I get it wrong, it's a lot of work. So thank you so much, Garlic Knitter, for all of your hard work. 
If you're here and you like the show, yay, thank you. You can subscribe. You can tell a friend. You can help us grow by leaving a review. And you can have a look at our podcast Patreon at patreon.com slash smartbitches. The very supportive and lovely community of people at Patreon who have backed the podcast with monthly pledges helped put together this episode. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you guys for your support. I am so humbled and ecstatic about your support and I am always just over the moon when I get a new alert that there's been a new pledge. You can have a look at the rewards, the pledge levels, and some behind the scenes mayhem all at patreon.com slash smartbitches. The music you're listening to is provided by Sassy Outwater. I will have information at the end of the show as to who this is. And if you listen all the way to the end, because I'm a horrible human being, I am including terrible dad jokes at the end of every episode. So if you listen to the whole outro, which, by the way, is totally a word, well, you get a joke, a terrible joke, a thoroughly enjoyable, terrible joke. And now on with the podcast. So before we get started on our next round yes. of recommendations, I need to tell you that I have discovered I have sound effects Ooh. that I that are built in. So I have, <laughs> which I've used, and I've also used this one with Elise. <laughs> but I went out and I found one that is specifically for when we record. Are you ready? Ice, ice cubes, <laughs> ice in a glass, in a cocktail glass specifically. Oh man, that's great! I'm kind of bummed that it's like ten o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Listen, in all of the authority that I have in this situation, I think you can have a drink. I had this awesome peach sour beer that is so amazing. Those are not words that work together for me. Really? I love like those three. I, I also just don't like drinks that end in the word beer. Like I don't li- beer and I beer is like just drinking bloat for me. Like I drink a beer and it's like <laughs> and I feel like I've gained 6,000 pounds. Well, I wasn't a beer drinker, but then I discovered sour beers and those are my jam. And I remember Ooh. I went out to this place I don't know, in Gainesville, where my brother used to live when he went to college, and it specialized in all these different beers. And I ordered something, and he ordered something, and we did the, oh, you want to try mine? I'll try yours. And we did the old switcheroo for beers, and we both drank each other's, and we made the most disgusted faces at at the other person's choice in beer. I was like, that's too sour. I was like, this is too hoppy. And then we <laughs> so yeah, maybe I'll crack one of those open for lunch. Hey, I think <laughs> beer over lunch. If you work at home, you should absolutely not wear pants with actual buttons and you should be able to drink over lunch. Oh, it's awesome. I have an old high school drama club t-shirt on, no bra, and some, nice. some like dry fit workout shorts. That's what I'm working with today. Nice. (laughs) I have the problem where I actually have to leave my house in the morning and go be around other adults who live on my street. Bummer. Because we walk our kids to the bus stop. So, and and I have two bus stops. I have a 7.30 bus stop and an 8.30 bus stop. Mm -hmm. So I walk up uh, with my older son to the 7.30 bus stop because I can just take my coffee and walk up the hill with him. And it's like nice quiet time. He's not awake. I'm not awake. But, you know, every now and again, I learn something crucial. And <laughs> 11 slash 12 year olds are not really into telling you about their inner landscape or anything that they, well, he's not anyway. 
my 11 and 12 slash 12 year old is not interested in telling me about his inner landscape. So I walk up the hill and I, even though it's just people who are going to work at that hour, I still feel like I can't be like clearly in my pajamas and bathrobe. Although when I, when I've been ill, I've been like, I have no fucks to give and I have a fever. So I'm going to stand here in my pajamas. But then with the other parents at the 830 bus stop, like most of them have showered and put on real clothes. Now I have showered. But I don't really have a need for real clothes if no one's going to see me all day. So I have to at least put on a bra. And let me tell you, that's a bummer. If I have to run out somewhere, just quick, I'll just throw yeah. a hoodie on and I'll be fine. I won't I won't deal with a bra situation. I won't try to wrangle those puppies into boot jail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm with three, possibly four other people and, and I need to put on a bra in the morning. Yeah, it's a problem. I'm I'm envious. But I still say you can have a beer over lunch. Okay, I'm gonna do it then. You should. I, I fully expect so. <laughs> Yeah, I expect a full report here. Better drink over lunch. Encouraging bad habits. It's my job. All right, let's move into recommendations. I have a cat still on the desk. He's going to kick the mouse any minute. It's going to be great. <laughs> okay. I have another set of podcast Patreon recommendation requests, and they're all awesome. So the first one is from Marta. Thank you so much for the podcast. You are so welcome. Any recommendations for contemporary romance novels with virgins, either male or female? As my catnip is small town romance, I'm also looking for some new recs with somebody new, someone who hasn't been in town for very long coming back. Thanks a lot. All right. Yes. Virginity is a popular concept in romance. <laughs> and then there's the actual virginity where you haven't ever been to Bone Town. And then there's the pseudo virginity where you haven't had anal or you've never dressed in a costume or you've never done BDSM or, you know, banged a dragon. There's always some form of pseudo virginity. <laughs> So we have several recommendations, all from Amanda, who knows things. Hi. She drinks and she knows things about I books. Um, so some will meet both of your requirements and some will only meet one. Um, no! I oh, it's know, bummer. Victoria Dahl's uh, Jackson Girls Night Out series is set in a small town, Jackson Hole, Wyoming. The name always makes me laugh because I'm a child. Um, and the third book in particular, <laughs> Taking the Heat, has a sexually inexperienced heroine who runs a sex relationship column. She moved out to New York City to kind of make that work, but she's back now in her small town of Wyoming, and everyone thinks she's this big hotshot, but she's hiding a secret that she really doesn't know that much about sex. Um, and the hero is a rugged librarian. In my notes, I put a rugged library. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> He's a wait, wait, wait. Pseudo virginity could be you've never banged a library. Never banged a library. Isn't um, there a whole series of documentaries about people who fall in love with buildings? Yeah, like I, cars. Yeah, I married the Eiffel Tower. Maybe that's yeah. the next. That maybe that's the next subgenre of romance where people are going to be like, no. <laughs> well, it's got books. Like banged books. a library. I mean, banging in the library is also probably yeah. pretty rare. Um, the heroes of course, now I'm going to get email. Oh, no, Sarah, here's a <laughs> list of 600 messages or 600 romances where people it's banged in the library. Yeah. I'm sure. And he is a bit 
of an adrenaline junkie, I would say. He likes to go climbing, um, which sounds like a snooze fest, personally. Um, you don't want to climb things? No, not at all. That's um, true. You'd probably have to wear a bra. Side note, <laughs> my boyfriend does go climbing at a gym, like a climbing gym. The hero in this book climbs actual, like, rocks and cliff faces. But he just bought his own climbing harness instead of Your boyfriend? A- yeah. And I'm trying to convince him to just wear it nude. And he- <laughs> I haven't gotten him on board yet. <laughs> oh my god, that would be the worst blackmail picture. Oh my god, which is him wearing a climbing harness with nothing else on. Not into it, but maybe, maybe it's like a it's it. like a strappy diaper without the, the with the crucial parts cut out. Yeah, essentially, it's like a it's like a loose pair of pants made of straps. Yeah. That would be pretty amazing. Make it. I, I hope you can make this. I don't need to see these pictures, by yeah. you, but I, uh, I, 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 I hope you can make this happen. Um, the next one is "Bittersweet" by Serena Bowen. There is no virginity in this one, or there is vir- no, there's no virginity, or there is virginity. How do I rephrase that? No one is a virgin in this book. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Um, it's small town. It's been reader recommended so many times. Someone brought up this series during our reader rec party at RT this year. Um, the hero finds his former hookups car stuck in a ditch and it's awkward because they don't really want to see each other again. It's set in a small town in Vermont and the hero owns an apple orchard, which is kind of great. Um, that is love, great. Yeah, I love foodie heroes and heroines in my books. Um, I like just so. food and foodie people. Yes. Like I like it when they're, even if they're not like super obsessed with food, when the characters are cooking, especially if they're making food for each other, I love oh. that. Like there uh, is a particular scene in which of the, it was one of the Cruzy Mayer books where Ju- Jenny Cruzy was writing with Bob Mayer. And I want to say it was... Agnes and the Hitman? That's oh, my favorite. I am the shit. Look at that. I remembered it. <laughs> but there's a, do you remember the scene where she's making pancakes and there's like a kitchen full of of like mob people and a hitman and some random people are in the house and she just starts making pecan pancakes and part of the dialogue is her talking while adding things and everyone's paying attention to what she's making food-wise? <laughs> I remember that sequence so vividly. I don't like pancakes with nuts in them. I want to eat those pancakes. Why don't I think they're banana pancakes with, with, with nuts in them. I think anything with nuts that is a soft baked good is a wrong decision. You don't soft like banana, good, nut, banana nut bread? No, any kind of – well, I don't eat carbs generally, but any kind of soft baked good that has nuts in it, no. I love banana nut bread. Ooh. No nuts. Banana bread, fine. Nuts, no. Nuts in bread are – it's like – no, it's just not okay. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> well, we're clearly not going to come to an agreement on this debate. <laughs> yes, that's because you're wrong. <laughs> well, speaking of nuts. Speaking next, of nuts. My next recommendation is Nuts by Alice Clayton. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Um, the hero has been celibate for a while. It's definitely small town. 
Um, he was married previously, and everyone kind of, like, gossips about, like, is he, you know, keeping someone on the side that we don't know about? Is he not seeing anyone? They're all up in his business, pretty much. Um, so much food porn. <laughs> the heroine returns to the small town, which is called Hudson Valley in upstate New York, after getting fired from being a personal chef in Los Angeles. So she kind of comes crawling back home to run her mother's diner while her mother competes on The Amazing Race. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> and the first time she meets the hero, uh, he's got um, walnut trees on his farm. So he's delivering some, like, produce and, like, green beans and stuff like that to the diner she, the heroine slips and falls and, like, a handful of nuts goes everywhere. Um, it's really funny. All the books in that series are really great. Huge food porn. Highly recommend it. Nice. Um, then the last rec I have is All I Am by Nicole Helm. Before you go on, you liked yes. most of the, you liked most of the Alice Clayton series, the Hudson Valley. Oh, series. yes. I love there's all nuts, ways. there's buns, and then there was one with milk. Cream of the crop. <laughs> I did a cocktails poster that I made a salted caramel white Russian for that book. Which of the cocktails that you've made for covers and cocktails have you liked the best? Like the one that you've made and then keep drinking? Ew. My, I think it was the last one I did for Disorderly Conduct by Tessa Bailey. It was a chocolate raspberry martini. Um, and since I've made it, I've just buy like little things of chocolate milk, or <laughs> vanilla vodka and raspberry liqueur in it, give it a shake and <laughs> drink it out of like the little Nesquik bottle. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> so you like take a Nesquik plastic bottle, add vodka and liqueur, shake it up and start drinking? Yep. That's brilliant. <laughs> You don't need a fancy glass or anything. So. Well, I mean, I did send you a flask that looks like uh, sunscreen, and you, you opened it, it and thought it was sunscreen. Like, okay. I was like, I was like how thoughtful. Sunscreen for the summer. And you're like, look again. I, mean, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who's going to think you've got liqueur and vodka inside your Nesquik? No one. Nobody. People are just going to think that, you know, I'm trying to keep my calcium up. <laughs> Yeah, or you like rabbits, either way. Yeah. So anyway, um, you were going that's for been all... That's my favorite. Okay, good. I think that's a good choice. <laughs> so All I Am by Nicole Helm. The hero is a virgin. He is a veteran as well. And he makes organic dog treats that he kind of sells at a local farmer's market. How cute is that? Aww. <laughs> And the heroine is a party girl. She's trying to shake her image. Um, and so they, like, pair up together to help with the hero's business. It's really sweet. And it's been super recommended. I know Elise really loves Helm's writing. She does some great small town romances. Mm -hmm. um, she reviewed the first book in this series that takes place on a dairy farm or has, like, a dairy farmer mm -hmm. hero, I believe. Um, so I would say check that one out. As cool. Well. All right. So Elena is requesting romances about big families. 
I have enjoyed reading about big families, not only siblings, but cousins too. Second chance romances are my favorites. I read one book recently where the couple had lost a child and the grief or apparent lack of it tore them apart. I thought that is a good reason, a very human reason to break up. I also like to read about strong heroines who for once say hell no, no to blackmail or kidnapping or threats to discredit reputations or whatnot. All right. So we have a couple of things in this request. In terms of big family with siblings and cousins, Bella Andre's Sullivan series is an incredibly fascinating and gifted family they're all there's there's brothers and cousins and and best friends and whatever but they're all like extraordinary in some way one's a professional basketball player one's a baseball player one's a chef basketball that's a movie i recommend you watch it you're excited feel this nipple um you should watch Basketball because it is gross and because it makes it has Bob Costas making fun of himself, which was the most satisfying part of that terrible, terrible movie that is very enjoyable. So anyway, I don't think anyone in Bella Andre's series was in that movie, but I think one of them is a movie star. One of them is a musician. One of them is a chef. There's so many extraordinary people in that family. I think there's at least one professional athlete, possibly two, but the series revolves around this massive, massive family. And then there's also the... Um, the, fa- the historical family where one of them is named like Ranolf or something. And okay, well, there's the Sinsters with Stephanie Lawrence. She's got historicals with nonstop families. And there's siblings and cousins. And there's a bunch of second chances in the whole series. And then, oh, my God. Okay. This is how sad my memory is. There's a historical series with a bunch of siblings and they all have sort of Viking Norse names and the brother is the one who's all in charge of them and he's super controlling and annoying and they all sort of get out from under him but he's very caring in his icy kind of way and his name is like Ulfric or Ranulf. I think it's Ulfric. (laughs) Romance hero. I'm going to find this now. Well, Ulfric is a real popular historical romance name, I feel like. Now I'm getting Ulfric Stormcloak from the Elder Scrolls wiki. That's not who I'm looking for. No. All right. Oh, my God. Historical romance Ulfric? Whoa. God. No, I'm still getting Ulfric Stormcloak. Oh, this is going to make me nuts. Whoever is listening to this right now is screaming out loud the series that I am sadly trying to remember. Oh it's my god. It's not like it's not the Highland Guard series. No, it's Highland much, Guard. much, much older historical romance. Oh my god. Um shit. And it's by a big name and people love it and I'm stuck on Ulf Ulfric. And Are you sure it's Ulfric, not Wolfric? It might be a Wolfric. Because I <gasps> that's popular. I did it. I did it. I did it. I did it. it. I'm so excited. Oh my god, I'm the best. It wasn't Ulfric, it was Wolfric. You were right. Yeah. It's the Bedouin saga by Mary Balog. I'm the greatest. Okay. So um so the the Bedouins have this thing where you delay you have a lot of adventure you marry really late because you have to marry for love and you have to stay faithful to your spouse and you can't be a complete jerkwad um 
so I'm so excited that my brain, oh, I'm so, I'm actually patting the top of my head right now. Good job, brain. Very good. So there's slightly married, wicked, scandalous, tempted, sinful, and dangerous. And there's Aiden, Ranulf, Freya, Morgan, Aline, and Wolfric. I am the shit. They are all very, very um, smart and sort of a little bit snarky in their, um, in their relations, but they're also a, a family that works, that works and annoys each other at the same time. It's fabulous. Um, yes. Yeah, so that is the series that I was, I'm just going to sit back and bask in my brain's hard work. <laughs> All right. Now you can make recommendations now because I'm so proud of my sad brain. Good job, brain. I'm going to pat my health, pat myself on the head. Okay. You go. I found, All right. did you see by the way that I remembered that series? <laughs> 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 I don't know if you noticed, but I just remembered something. <laughs> you don't have to remember anything for the rest of the week. Yeah, damn right. <laughs> okay, I'm actually going to shut up now. Go ahead. So I came up with two more recommendations while we were sitting here. Oh, did um, you actually remember the title? Yeah. Shut up. Um. So the ones I originally suggested all have to deal with the loss of a child. Um, Ooh, not reading that. That is not for Sarah. Yeah, not usually my thing either. Um, one is um, Hot Finish by Aaron McCarthy, the hero and heroine of Previously Married. I love this series. That series it's, is so good. It's a sports romance, and it takes place essentially with NASCAR. I'm not a NASCAR fan, but I loved these books. The first book, Fast Track, has an older heroine. And a younger hero, and it's I great. Love that book. Oh, it's so good. Um, but this I think one, I might need to reread it now. You should. It's so good. It's um, so good. But hot finish. The hero and heroine were previously married, um, and they married because the heroine Susan or Suzanne got pregnant, and she thought that he only married her because she got pregnant. Um, and it turns out there's like a snafu with their divorce paperwork, and it turns out they're not really divorced. Um, but that whole series is great. And then I had to do some digging, and I haven't read either of these, so I'm sorry. But Suddenly You by Lisa Klapis and Lady Isabella's Scandalous Marriage by Jennifer Ashley both deal with uh, couples breaking up due to a miscarriage i Um, have read suddenly you i have read it several times because i love the older claypus books there are some things about the hero in that book that bug me but it is i mean it's a lisa claypus book so it is automatically (laughs) going to be like yes wow super super good reading yeah that's a good recommendation and then for large families brenda jackson's uh granger series it was just picked up by Passion Flicks to be made into, I'm hoping, it could be movies or shows. I don't know what they're doing with it yet. Um, but I believe all of the Grangers are brothers. And they're all kind of talented. One's a CEO of an aeronautics company. Another is a musician. Um, and they really work and try super hard to win over the heroines in these books. Um, so I recommend that series. I think there's four books right now. Um, and then if you like the concept of 
a large found family. Kate Meter's Hot in Chicago series is really amazing. It's a contemporary series set around firefighters. Essentially, this entire family works at the same firehouse. Some Which of I think them, is pretty common. Yeah, some of the... And it's not just, you know, like a bunch of brothers. There is adopted members of the family. There's, I think, the second or third book. Um, the heroine is the firefighter. Um, and she has, like, this antagonistic relationship with um, the mayor of Chicago. Playing with fire is the one with the firefighter heroine. You like um, that one? I did. I think I gave it a B on the site. Um, she's snarky and she doesn't really like the mayor that much, but she's forced to, well, she's doing her job and she saves him from a burning (laughs) building. Um, and it has a fake relationship aspect because after she rescues him, he sees it as a great opportunity to get re-elected. Um, so I liked it. If you like fake relationships as well, that one's really good. Cool. Thank well done. My, all my recs for that one. All right. Now this is one of my favorite recommendation requests. It is also from <laughs> someone named Amanda. And uh, present Amanda, you have hit this out of the park. I am <laughs> so impressed. Googling. This one. Was I am so hot. impressed. So impressed. This is so cool. I'm just we're just gonna get to it. Amanda P. writes, Sarah, you are awesome. Just had to get that out there. Thank you for the compliment, but um, you're about to recognize true awesome because I cannot do this. <laughs> As for a recommendation, my two-year-old has joined my five-year-old in adoration of Thomas the Train and the Island of Sodor. Girl, I have so been there. So it will be several more years but I, before I can escape the imaginary Tidmouth sheds or until my husband and I can hoard all the wooden railway pieces to construct our own fantastically complex track. I like you guys. <laughs> Would you have any recommendations for historical romance books that feature trains or railway journeys? I loved Jennifer Ashley's Mackenzie books and Lisa Kleypas's Ravenel series. There are bits in those books, but I'm looking for something more to completely indulge the really useful crew vibe we have going okay first of all as a parent you're awesome (laughs) second of all as i was reading that i realized that the first book in beverly jenkins destiny trilogy destiny surrender the heroine does take a train ride across the country at the beginning of the book and it doesn't stay on the train but there is a train ride however however amanda (laughs) is here to inspire considerable amounts of admiration take it away choo choo <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute you, you do your thing I'm gonna go find a railway sound effect um so I was amazed when I found this anthology called the rails to love romance collection nine historic, nine historical love stories Set along the Transcontinental Railroad. <laughs> that is incredible. <laughs> so I figure if trains are in the the title and the subtitle, what more can you ask for? <laughs> I found there's a novella in the Snowflakes and Stetsons anthology 
Unfortunately, the novella isn't published alone, so you'd have to get the entire anthology, hit up your local library. But it's called A Magical Gift at Christmas by Cheryl St. John. Um, And people are stranded on a train during a blizzard. Another historical one is Behind Blue Eyes by Kaki Warner. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing her first name right, K-A-K-I. The hero is an architect who works for the railroad, and he wants to extend the tracks onto the heroine's property, and she wants no part of that whatsoever. And then the last one, which I find fascinating, it's not technically historical, but it sounds bananas. Um, It's called Big Boy by Ruthie Knox. And the heroine has a monthly hookup date with a stranger on a train where they roleplay from different time periods, complete with costumes and everything. (laughs) I'm going to read that book, most likely. So those are all the train, train romances I found. You might find, you might plumb the depths of Amazon and find some romances between trains, even. Chuck Tingle might have you covered. Who knows? You might get pounded by a train is what you're saying here? Yes. All right. Well, I have something for you. Okay, here we go. Like, it has a climax and everything. <laughs> and it moves across my headphones. It went right to left and or left to right and every. I'm very impressed. That was great. Wow. That's incredible. Wow. I'm so excited. I love, I, I don't know if you know this, but I really love my sound effects collection. And um, this is, this is a great feature for me. <laughs> that was awesome. I know. I'm pretty pleased. That was a very long sound effect, but that was a very significant number of excellent recommendations. So go you. So we have two more. We're going to do science fiction and fantasy recommendations. And then we're going to end with one for urban fantasy because you and I need to squee about a book. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Elizabeth writes, hi, Sarah. This episode idea sounds awesome. We hope so because I'm having a really good time. I'm currently searching for really good sci-fi and or fantasy romance because I read a lot of sci-fi and fantasy. I'm really picky about the world building and the plot. I find it really hard to get into science fiction fantasy romance that is sort of just contemporary painted over with a thin veneer of science fiction or fantasy. That's a really good description of a problem I have, too. Yeah. Very cool. I'm currently reading A Promise of Fire and enjoying it. Damn right you are. (laughs) (laughs) The world building seems really solid. The heroine is sassy and the hero is pretty hot. More like that would be awesome. But more like that, but more science fiction would be even more awesome. Thanks for everything you do. You are the best. And I love the podcast and the website and the series on organizational packing. I'm pretty much an all-around Smart Pitches fangirl. Well, thank you. Isn't that the nicest thing to hear? It is. I mean, the website does not happen with all of Amanda's efforts, so it's really her as well. 
I just sit around and forget the names of books. That's pretty much my role. But then you have this- one bright shining moment. I know. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> And you know what? Bedouin is going to, the word is going to sit in my head for a couple of months and then it's going to disappear deep into the ether. And then I'm going to have to remember it again and go through that whole Ulfric, Wolfric, Ranaf, Freya thing. Yeah. Nice job, Sarah. Okay. You are all about this. This one and the next one are all you. This Uh is entirely your jam. And I love her description of a contemporary painted over with a thin veneer of science fiction or fantasy. Yeah. That is. That is a frustration that I have not articulated in that way. But, yes, I know exactly what she means. Um, We'll start with fantasy first and then we'll end with sci-fi because she wants more sci-fi. But if you like heavy world building in your fantasy, uh, Terry Brisbane has the Stone Circle series. Um, Lynn Curland has a long-running fantasy series called The Nine Kingdoms. The first book is The Star of the Morning. Both of those series are on my to-read list. I haven't read them, but I have read um, C.L. Wilson's The Winter King and The Sea King. I will warn you, The Sea King has some major mullet action going on on that cover. Hell yeah! <laughs> But the world I'm in favor. is so good in The Sea King. The hero comes from this um, island kingdom. It's a matriarchal society. And all he wants to do is kind of get married. That's all he wants. Because in society, men have to serve as mercenaries and protectors before they can earn the right to get married. Um so I really loved The Sea King. The Winter King is also pretty good. It's the, the Winter King is the first book, but you can read The Sea King without reading The Winter King because that's what I did. I read the second book first. You Oh, I told my husband and my older son that Elise started with book 45 in a I series. I can't believe and they, they both stood there just like horrified. Like my older son was so angry he couldn't speak. It was so funny. And then we all got to know I had an argument about it. So the fact that you started with book two is, is that's not like you. No, it's not. I didn't know. I mean, it was sent to me to read. So I read it and I liked it. But it's not clearly marked as book two of a series, which is good because it means they're related world, but not sequential. Yeah. And the heroine is a princess of a neighboring kingdom and like her magic really hasn't manifested that strongly as her sister. So everyone thinks she's kind of weak and not marriageable material. And obviously she's the one that the hero likes. So it's, is this series connected to the Lord of the fading lands series? Did you ever read those? I have no idea because I've never read them, but they're also on my to read list. I think there's, Six Terran soul books? Looks like there's six. There wasn't Four. any mention of of that, I don't think so. I mean, the Yeah, it's probably a separate Winter season. Craig or something like that. Yeah, this is different. So very cool. If nobody's changing into a panther, then it's not related. <laughs> no, there was no shape shifting. Okay. Or at least connected to Panthers or in some way. It's been a while since I read that book, but that was one of the first fantasy romances that I read because I'd never really experienced them prior to reading Lord of the Fading Lands. The heroine's a bit of a Mary Sue, but wow, is that book fun to read. (laughs) Um, 
sci-fi now? Sci-fi is what we're moving on to. Um, All right. So one book that I haven't read but sounds really cool was nominated for a reader this year is The Champion of Baresh by Susan Grant. Um, the heroine disguises herself as a guy so she can compete in fight clubs, essentially. As you do? Yeah. That one looks really good. It is science fiction. The hero is a prince, so if, like, royalty stuff is your your jam, that's it. Um, he recruits the heroine to play for his team, so I'm not sure if that's when he discovers that the star player of this fight club game is actually a woman, but it sounds kick-ass. Um, Sherilyn Kenyon has the League series. It's kind of a bit space opera-y. Um, there are a lot of assassins, a lot of space politics. Um, I would say the first book is a bit tough to get through because the heroine is Mary Sueish and the hero is super alpha, but it's a series that gets better with each book. Those are the best kind. Yeah. So you can keep at it. I liked that one a lot. Oh, I have one to add for you yeah, that ahead. I just realized. I am currently reading a novella called Temporary Duty Assignment by A.E. Ash. And it's funny because, um, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, oh, yeah, science fiction romance is not necessarily my thing, which is exactly the reason why I've been struggling with this, with the romance. The characters are so interesting and the the setting, the science fiction aspects of it are the part where I'm just sort of like, okay, it's not, it, this is not my genre. Yeah. You know what I mean? But the setup, which is, which is terrible because the actual characters are very, very interesting. The heroine is a woman named Samantha and she is uh, an elite high level soldier. Um, and she's in the beginning of the story, she's recovering from a terrible incident that isn't explained right away, but it's, it's struggling for her it's it's a struggle for her to to do a lot of things emotionally because she's still trying to get over what all of the things that went wrong she's handed a temporary duty assignment which to her is insulting um and she's supposed to go to a take take care of this guy who's inspecting the technology during an evaluation of the colony where they live they're one of the corporate sponsors and Right before she goes, she gets a warning or she remembers a warning that things aren't what they seem and to be be careful. So she knows that she's not – she knows something's not right. She doesn't know what it is and she's not sure if she can trust her judgment. So there's all of this emotional tension and tension in the world around the characters. Plus there's the sort of daily – the sort of daily – routine things that she has to do because she's a soldier she's got things she has to take care of <laughs> there's a good amount of competence porn as well the thing that i am struggling with the fact is that is it's sci-fi and that's not my genre but the story itself is very good so temporary duty assignment ae ash caveat i have not finished it yet but i am going to keep reading it because the characters are really interesting heck yeah yeah um ah. all right go ahead there's dystopian sci-fi which might Sometimes feel more like contemporary with a veneer of sci-fi. Um, Kit, I can never figure out if it's Raka or Rosha 
or I think it's Rosha. I always said Rosha in my head, but I could be wrong. Who knows? Um, so it's a, a writing team, and they have the Beyond series and the Gideon's Writers series. That's the new series, right? Yeah, the new series is Gideon's Writers. It begins with Ashwin, and then Deacon is the next one. Um, great cast of characters in both series. Great elements of found family. Um, lots of sex in the Beyond series. I would say that one's more erotica. Gideon's Writers, not as much sex. Um, Radio Silence by Alyssa Cole is also dystopian. Um, I think that's the first book in the series, and it just kind of is a group of people figuring out once there's this huge blackout, like, what they're going to do. Carrie reviewed this series. Carrie reviewed that one, and Redheaded Girl also has recommended that one on the site. She didn't write a review. Um, I remember that Carrie was saying that it's almost like a very cozy dystopia. There's no gore or violence or, you know, immediate peril, but they have to figure out how to get around without technology, which adds tension to the world that the characters are in. Yeah. And then Vivian Jackson has the Tethered series. It's pretty new. Um, I've read the second book, as well, I read out of turn. Um, <gasps> I know Perfect Gravity, I think, is the second book. But the heroine is this. And I believe in this, Texas has become its own country, if I remember correctly. Um, and the heroine is this kind of badass, very manipulative um, senator trying to get shit done in Perfect Gravity. Um and she reunites with her childhood crush who has accidentally killed her husband. Um, so talk about awkward. Um, Oops. Yeah. If you want really good sci-fi, I consider Linnea Sinclair to be like the queen of sci-fi romance. She has so many too. Yes. There are so many, there's so many books to choose from. And they pretty much unilaterally have good reviews my favorite is games of command there are two romances happening at the same time um one romance is enemies to lovers i believe Uh and then the other one i'm trying to think i can't remember i remember like one of them is Did you just say you can't remember I know, something? I'm trying. Oh my <laughs> god, I'm, I'm contagious. I'm contagious. This is bad. This is very bad. Why did I read this? Oh my goodness. It's been like probably five years ago at least. Um, the other one I think is like a mercenary and the like spaceship's doctor, I think. Um, but yes, it's definitely sci-fi. Things happen on a ship, a spaceship. So there's that. <laughs> Um, and then if you want some lesbian sci-fi, Carrie has reviewed um, Deep Deception by Kathy Pagow, maybe? Yes, Pagow. Pagow. Um, Pagow, I think, yeah. And Carrie loves this author. Um, she does a lot of great sci-fi stuff, but we'll link to the review and you can give it a peek. But if that doesn't work for you, check out her other stuff because it's the not it's not the only one she's done. Um, Collision Course by Zoe Archer is another good one. She also writes as Eva Lee, if you've read any of her 
historicals. And then lastly, so many wrecks on this one, Elusive Radiance by A.D. Ladnier. It's a diplomat, bodyguard, lesbian romance set in space. So hopefully you've got a couple books in there to try. Also, the Jeffy Kennedy series might be of interest, too. Uh, which one? The Mark of the well, Tala or... Uh, there's the Twelve Kingdoms, yeah, that's which the starts with the Mark of the Tala. Yeah. And then there's the new one that starts with the pages, Pages, pages of, of the Mind, mind. with uh, un- the Uncharted Realms, but it's also related to the Twelve Kingdoms. I know this because I looked it up. I don't actually have these things in my brain. <laughs> My brain is used for other things, like remembering the lyrics to songs from 1982. I mean, we all have our priorities. Right? I mean, my, my brain has a, a very specific job set that it has assigned itself, and remembering things like, like book order, even though I am a professional bookie person, does not help. <laughs> and that brings us to the end of round two of rec rec time i'm really enjoying the recommendation request abbreviation i've come up with can you tell thank you again to amanda and to my cat and to her cat and to all of the people who wrote in for recommendation requests these are so much fun we have one more next week with some recommendations and then as a special bonus amanda and i squee for like 20 minutes about a book that we loved i have an update about book two in that series and then i have a really cool listener email about bdsm and chronic pain So if you're curious about that, you can find out more next week. If you would like to email us or leave a voicemail or record a voice memo and you want to ask for a recommendation or you want to recommend a book to someone who asked us for a recommendation, please do. You can email us at sbjpodcast at gmail.com. You can leave a voicemail at 1-201-371-3272. Or you can record a voice memo and email it to us. I promise you will sound awesome. Do not be scared. It is so great to hear from you, either by text or with your voices. It's awesome. In the podcast entry for this episode, we will have every book we discussed. It's a long, long list, but they will all be there. And we also have an iTunes page at iTunes.com slash DBSA, where you can find latest episodes and links to some of the books in the iBookstore. This episode is brought to you by Organization Academy. Organization Academy is the home of my series of online courses about using Google Calendar to declutter your schedule and organize your life. Over the past year, I have developed a step-by-step instructional program that outlines the method I use for meal planning using Google Calendar. And I'm about to launch my first online course, Meal Planning Mastery. It is all about saving time and energy and money by using Google Calendar to manage your meal planning. If you've ever felt overwhelmed by the question, what's for dinner, when you don't necessarily know the answer, this course will be great for you. If you'd like more information, please head over to organizationacademy.com. You can sign up for my newsletter, which provides free weekly tips on how to use Google Calendar, organize your world every Friday, and you will be the first to know when the course opens up. You can find out everything you need to know at organizationacademy.com. The music you're listening to is provided by Sassy Outwater. This is Caravan Palace. This is one of my all-time favorite tracks from their double album, including Caravan Palace and Panic. This track is called Dragons, and I really like dragons. I really like the song. I will have links to the music in the podcast entry if you would like to purchase this double album. It is really nice music to work to, I must say. 
If you are a fan of the show or you would like to find out more about how to support this fine, fine, semi-professionally done podcast, have a look at our podcast Patreon at patreon.com slash smartbitches. I have begun commissioning transcripts for episodes in the archives because of the supportive community of people at Patreon who have backed the podcast with a monthly pledge starting with a dollar. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. They also helped me put together this episode and I am deeply, deeply thankful I get so excited every time I receive an email that there has been a new pledge. So thank you. Thank you so much for your support. You can have a look at rewards, pledge levels, and all of the other behind the scenes silliness at patreon.com slash smart bitches. And if that's not an option for you, that is totally cool. Just by telling a friend, subscribing, or even leaving a review, you help the podcast grow and as more and more podcasts are debuted and launched, there's so much wonderful stuff to listen to. I'm very thankful that you hang out with me each week, so thank you so much for that. I end each podcast with a terrible joke, and this is no exception. It's horrible. Are you ready? Here's your horrible joke. What's orange and sounds like a parrot? Give up? What's orange and sounds like a parrot? A carrot. <laughs> Isn't it horrible? I love this part so much. <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop being amused by myself. On behalf of Amanda and all of our animals and everyone here, we wish you the very best of reading. Have a wonderful weekend. We will see you back here next week.